What's happening, sports fans? Christian Pedersen here in the SD Prep Insider Studios. We got another week of football in the books. Helix gets another huge win. A couple of teams remain undefeated. All sorts of drama to get to across San Diego County. As always, our show is brought to you by Blast Radius Coffee. Visit them at blastradiuscoffee.com for more information on coffee for athletes. If you are new to our recap show, what we do here for you is break it up into two segments. I will be at the first half, first end of this show, maybe about 15, 20 minutes, bringing you all the scores, just raw data from around the county, get to every single team. And then we start into the pundit segments and get interviews from people who are out and about across the county reacting to games they saw, scores they saw, teams moving into first place in league, all sorts of great stuff like that. So me now with all the teams for 15 minutes, everybody else going in-depth about individual games they saw later on in the show past that 15-minute mark. So you can jump around if you so desire to. I'll get it started right at the top of the scoreboard. One of the early games was Santa Fe Christian 51-28 over La Jolla Country Day. Huge scoring in the first quarter. This one was a a 20-16 game right out the gate, but Santa Fe Christian had the sticking power uh, all game long. All sorts of, I mean, another 16 in the second quarter. They scored another touchdown in each of the other quarters. They they kept scoring all game game long Santa Fe Christian looked good Stephen Britton with some scores Eagles are the real deal now I I mean I I, we're at that halfway point so I think that you're starting to look at sufficient sample size that a four and one Santa Fe Christian team is definitely something to be impressed with Francis Parker they dropped a uh, a a tough one to Menlo School 47 to 7 Parker gets back home next week and has a a, a nice very winnable chunk of the schedule to get things righted Southwest San Diego they get their first win of the season 48 26 over the O'Farrell School shout out to the Raiders of Southwest San Diego they move to one and three on the season Claremont, very impressive win going 60 to 20 over San Ysidro. The Claremont Chieftains, very low key out the gate. They've had a very hot start. They moved to three and one. And interesting little D5 race starting to emerge. Claremont, Castle Park, are they on a collision course? Maybe. I'm not saying they aren't. Definitely something interesting to look at with the uh, the start that Claremont has had this season. The Kearney Comets, 49, University City, 27. Kearney ends up taking the win of two high-tempoed offenses. This moves Kearney to 2-2 two and two on the season. Starting to get the ship righted a little bit. They, uh, they look, uh, they, man, they stumbled in a couple of tough ones to some really strong Morse-type opponents early on. So now that they're getting wins, definitely looks like Coach Gray is got things on track and you're seeing a little bit more about who Kearney is going to be this season. Point Loma 41-7 over Olympian. They got an absolutely huge must-win game against the Eagles here. That moves them to 3 and 2 as they get ready to head into league play next week at Cathedral Catholic. It's uh it's actually no wait, I apologize. It's going to be a bye week them so they're getting they're getting the win to send them into the bye week point loma now two and three like i said with a 41 to 7 win 
Calvin Christian dropped a tough one to Hillcrest Christian, 66 nothing. The Sarah Conquistadors coming up with possibly the upset of the night as they snap the San Diego Cavers winning streak with a 41-7 win. For the Sarah Conquistadors, the offense a little sluggish through the first two games of the season. Definitely had some people wondering what had happened to that team that came so close last year. This past two weeks, though, they are on an absolute tear, scoring almost 70 points, only allowing a touchdown in each of their last two games. I mean, Timmy Zabrowski, 135 yards on the game. Dustin Ellison, 132 rushing yards and a touchdown on the game. Willie Peterson, big receiving pair of touchdowns for him. This is a statement win, through and through. Absolute, I mean, coming for the crown type statement win from Sarah can they sustain this? And how will San Diego bounce back are the two questions. And, and I think that you'll see that both of these teams end up going on to have, have a lot of success for, for San Diego. You know, looking at that D3 playoffs, it, it's them, Scripps Ranch, Hilltop, Central, still in that one, two, three, four sitting for, uh, for going forward the rest of the season. For Sarah, this is this is going to be huge. This is a, a momentum picking up type moment where uh, you know you look at the next couple weeks and they start to have a, a couple of huge battles. But they, they get Fallbrook next week and the week after that they've got Coronado and Coronado now looks like it's going to be uh, the 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 most dramatic possible way to open up the league season for Sarah. Scripps Ranch, they remain undefeated, 17-7. They win over La Jolla for Scripps Ranch, moving to 5-0 on the season. This is now, uh, put some respect on my name type territory, definitely not a team that any of us had pegged for this kind of a red-hot start. There was a lot of enthusiasm about what had changed in the last couple years, how everyone was kind of aging out together in that, that current junior and senior classes. But back-to-back weeks of 17-7, to Week before that was fifty-five nothing. I mean, they they haven't allowed two touchdowns yet in a game this season. Highest points they did allow was ten against Del Norte. I don't have any questions left about this Scripps Ranch team. It, it it now just becomes a a battle for you know can they hold on these back five weeks? They go to take on uh, Kearney in two weeks. They have a bye week coming up. So Scripps Ranch, if you have a chance to. Uh, Circle them on your calendar and get dialed in. They are a team definitely worth checking out. On the La Jolla side of that, they they dropped to two and three. They've got Mira Mesa coming up next week. None of these have been bad losses. This this is their uh, their their second week, only scoring seven, but they're not allowing a ton. So no reason, in my opinion, to panic if you are a, a La Jolla Vikings fan. Calipatria, they won 29-21 versus Desert Christian Academy. Congratulations to them. Not necessarily a big upset if you uh, read the Instagram comments, but Benita Vista, they win against Patrick Henry 56-14. Both teams move to 3-2 and two on the season. This one really interesting, though. The last couple of weeks, we have seen a ton of offense out of Patrick Henry, and the question was, you know, at the same time, could the defense find a week to improve? They don't get the defense done this week, but they also uh, have, have a little bit of a decline in the offensive category. So going to be very interesting watching next week's game 
as, or two weeks from now when San Diego plays the Patrick Henry Patriots because this is, you know, now that we've seen both ends of the spectrum for Patrick Henry, we're going to find out after a week of tweaking things how good they can be in the long term. On the Benita Vista side, score early, score often. Three touchdowns in the first quarter, two in the next two, one in the fourth. They didn't have a quarter where they were held off of the board. Are they a league contender? We certainly got the stretch of the season coming up to figure that out, but it might be time to to turn some heads and, you know, put Benita Vista as your dark horse to win that Metro Mesa League. Foothills Christian 60-8 to over Borrego Springs. Big win for Foothills Christian. Southwest El Centro tops Yuma 27-7. to The Imperial Tigers get it done by a single point, 26-25 versus Monta Vista for Imperial. This is a much-needed nail-biting win to get the offense, get the momentum, get everything back on track. They are two and three as they head into Brawley in two weeks to get their league game started. For Monta Vista, just another heartbreaking loss as they fall to one and four on the season. They, as well, have a bye week next week, and then Chula Vista after that. So, good time to get healthy, lick the wounds, watch some film, figure things out for the back half of the season. Don't be surprised if Coach Hamamoto puts something together for Monta Vista. San Pasquale, they defeat Orange Glen in a North County rivalry game, 28-22. to It was a big second quarter where they scored three touchdowns and took the lead that really was the game changer and backbreaker for San Pasquale. Orange Glen continues to be a tough team to face this season, but it's it's uh it's one and three now for them as they look forward to taking on Army Navy Academy. Their schedule gets no easier the rest of the season with Bishops Classical, Santa Fe Christian still to go. They have a tough road, but something like this. You know, using those strength of schedule, transitive properties, it, it, it's a positive sign for Orange Glen. But for San Pasquale, they moved to four and one on the season, and they get back to their winning ways after dropping one to Torrey Pines last week. They got a week off, and then they take on Ramona. Moving down to our next result, Army Navy twenty-one two over Excelsior Charter, big win for them. Out in the East County, Mount Miguel. 46-28 with a very impressive win over the Valhalla Norsemen. This moves Mount Miguel to even 2-2 two and two on the season, as well as Valhalla, an even 2-2 two two on the season. Mount Miguel, they next will take on Sweetwater at Sweetwater. That's their chance to get above 500 this year. Coach Starr, every year, going to be... Uh, Trending upwards, you would imagine. So a, a very positive win for them. The Christian Patriots come away with a narrow victory against the Central Spartans, 31-28. Spartans made it real close in the fourth quarter scoring, but Christian was able ultimately to hold them off. Christian jumping out ahead, battling back from behind. It, 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 was, a, it was a pretty insane game. Shout out to the Christian Patriots. They move to 3-2 and two on the season. They are right in the thick of things behind Santa Fe Christian in that league battle. <coughs> Excuse me. Coronado 65-12 over Mountain Empire in a big win for Coach Hines and his, his crew. 
week over week improvement from the start of the season. Double overtime win last week against Mar Vista. Big offensive, big defensive showing this week against Mountain Empire. They get a week off, and then they have to travel to Sarah to take on the Conquistadors, who we talked about earlier this week, or earlier in this show, are picking up a lot of momentum. Next, we got Poway. They pitch a shutout 20 to nothing over Westview. The Titans moved 4-1 and one on the season as they... Uh, continued to just ground and pound, distributing it to six different running backs. Josh Butler, just shy of the century mark with 97 yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. Colby Coppox, I'm butchering that name. I apologize, Colby. He also scored a touchdown on the ground for their backfield. DJ Owens catching a touchdown over the air. I voted Poway into the top 10. I believe they remain in the top 10 with a win like this. Tri-City Christian 23-6 over Saddleback Valley Christian Horizon Prep. They top Calvary Christian Academy 26-13. Oceanside and LCC battle it to four overtimes as Oceanside comes away with a 19-13 win. Eric Williams from SDFNL, he's got full I mean, he's got, he saw the game in person, so I'm not even going to get to it. We will get to it later in that segment. Vista, 49-17 over Mount Carmel as the Panthers continue to impress in this season. Desmond Taua, 131 yards. David Flores, 184 yards. Brian Kelly, 117 yards. Those three also combined for seven touchdowns on the ground. How good can Vista be? They're three and two right now. They take on Poway next or two weeks from now. I apologize. These bye weeks are getting to me across the schedule. I'm used to having this just nice and easy lined up. Um, two weeks from now, they will take on Poway in a, in a battle which I see being for a top ten spot in the county. Speaking of top ten, Carlsbad twenty eight seven over San Marcos. They get back to their winning ways. Huge shout-out to Coach Thad McNeil for winning his 100th career game. Just a historic moment. Nice moment. Great career accomplishment for Coach McNeil as he reaches uh, a plateau easily with a great home win. Mission Bay 28-23 over Mar Vista on the road. The Buccaneers, they needed a big third quarter. To, uh, to get up on this one. Clash Osborne, 227 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, that's a good game. That, that, that's a team that we saw strike a, a strike a, 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 a kind of surprised early this season with just how good they were opening up the year. Now they're three and two. Pair of wins the last two weeks. This Mission Bay team, they're playing with a purpose now. Rock Academy, 56-46 over Victory Christian Academy. Castle Park, they are officially halfway through the season undefeated as they go 70-19 to over the Hoover Cardinals. I mean, I, I'm counting down this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven different players rushing the ball at different points in the game for 320 yards and nine touchdowns. So complete success. On the ground. This is a fun story, man. This is I, It's time to start looking at, at, at can Castle Park be a favorite 
or one of the favorites or or a home seed at least top four type team in the division five playoffs i say yes i say why not get all on board with castle park this season our next result el camino stuns the north county with a 32 25 win over tory pines for the el camino wildcats they move to two and two on the season one and one in league Torrey Pines moves to three and two on the season, but really what this does more than anything is just absolutely muddy the waters in the avocado league and bring nothing but chaos to the, to the mid tier rankings of like it, it, we got right now, Carlsbad and Oceanside are up at the top undefeated, but then everybody else is still in play now with a win like this. So you got to assume that being this early into the season, this means that nobody has really emerged as the favorite and everybody is still in contention. It's going to be crazy watching the, the back half of this season. Brawley, they take a big win, 21-19 over Cibola. Grossmont, 38-0 over Valley View. The Foothillers continue to impress. Chase Carlo, as always, joins us later in the show, so I will leave the, the recap of that game to him. Morse, 36-23, big win at Hilltop High School. I mean, Morse moves to three and one now. Hilltop moves to four and one. What does this game say about potential playoff implications? Potential, you know, it's interesting. Definitely, Hilltop was in this game. Hilltop had a a a, a right and a claim to say that they played him well. So this. This, this is not a, a, a warning signs or any sort of disastrous loss for Hilltop. I think they still remain one of the favorites in Division Three. Morris, though, continues to trend upwards as the season goes on. Rancho Bernardo, a big win, 35-13 over Del Norte to move to 3-2 and two on the season. Zeke Payne breaks the 100-yard mark, passing couple of guys had some big nights on the ground as the team combined for 223 yards with, uh, let's see, who do we got here? With Christopher Darty breaking the 100-yard mark and a sophomore, Frankie Franchina, scoring a pair of touchdowns. RB moves, like I said, above 500 and, and gets everything kind of corrected. Helix 44-38 over St. Augustine in what has to be the, the, the central focus of the evening. This game went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we got Helix more or less leading the whole time, showing off, flexing their muscle, getting way up. But the feel of the game was pretty back and forth. It, 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 there, there was moments where you, you just, in that third, up until about that third quarter, you felt like they were going to break through, but then the, the the defense was getting stops. You felt like the defense was getting stops, but then someone would get a big play. It, it, it was a very exciting game. Raymond Brown from San Diego Football Network will join us. He was there in person. It was something, though, that I got to say, it answers the question. Helix is now the number one team. The, the battle becomes for second, third, and fourth. And Helix just now has the target on their back that everybody's going to you know, want them to prove it every week, every week, every week. But I think that they've, run through what probably was the toughest remaining part of their schedule and come out looking clean. So congratulations to Helix. Cathedral Catholic goes 44-7 over Eastlake in Sean Doyle's 200th career win. Congratulations, Coach Doyle, getting it done in comfortable fashion. 
200 wins is huge. I know the man well enough to know that he will, if I, if he, if he was on the other end of the phone, he'd hit us with a very polite, uh, this is a wonderful experience. You owe it to everybody in my coaching staff and players and types, and he would already be on to the next game. So maybe we'll get him in the off season when we can get a little bit more context, emotion, and, uh, elaboration out of coach Doyle from what that moment means, but that puts him into a very elite category of high school football coaches. So congratulations again to the cathedral Catholic Dons head coach and to their entire nation. Vincent Scott or Vincent Memorial Scott's beat the El Cajon Braves 35 to six Vincent Memorial look out five and Oh, this season, they officially fall into the place now of the, Overall favorites, maybe, of Division Five and of the of the sleeper undefeated team as they take care of business dramatically against El Cajon Valley. Steel Canyon 21-14 survives the test of traveling to Otai Ranch. They had to hold on. Otai Ranch scored a late touchdown in the fourth quarter to make it a dramatic game. Steel Canyon comes up with the win, though. Santana 35-6 over Montgomery in the battle of the undefeateds. Santana remains undefeated. Montgomery now one loss, but Montgomery with that one loss, I don't think moves anywhere in people's consideration for for Division Four teams that you got to look out for. Um, Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune will join us later in the show to detail exactly what he saw in person and just how much he thinks that this might be a re or a uh, a preview, if you will, of the D- Division Four championship. Mission Hills, 2014, they top Ramona. The Grizzlies continue to just find a way to grit it out this season. They moved to 3-2 and two on the year. They got a lot of home games coming up, though, in the next couple weeks. They will take on Oceanside next in a pair of weeks with uh, the, the bye coming up for them right now. Holtville, 58-41 over Palo Verde Valley. Valley Center 43 to 3 over Rancho Buena Vista for the Valley Center Jaguars. This is a much needed win gets them above 500 on the year as they go to 3 and 2. Modern Day Catholic they flex both their offensive and defensive muscles as they win 51-12 over the Chula Vista Spartans. This gets Modern Day above 500 on the season as they now get ready for Lincoln. So they're hot at the one time that they need to be hot to get competitive against Lincoln. But that'll be an interest. It's definitely going to be a very interesting game to watch next week. We've seen modern day lose a couple of games to teams that were very challenging. So big question about what's going to be going on this week for them. Finally, Escondido, the Cougars 35, 10 over the Fallbrook Warriors for Escondido. They move above 500 to three and two on the season. Much needed win for Escondido as they get ready now to head into a stretch of games uh, with Rancho Buena Vista, Ramona, and West Hills after they have a bye this coming week. That'll do it for the scoreboard around the county and for me, blah, blah, blahing and opining about everything else. Let's uh, stay tuned, though, for all of the amazing pundits coming in from around the county to give their firsthand reaction You're listening to the Week 5 San Diego Prep Insider High School Football Recap Podcast brought to you by the good folks at Blast Radius Coffee. For more, check them out at BlastRadiusCoffee.com.
All right, we are now joined by Raymond Brown. He's at SD Football, the San Diego Football Network on all the social media. He was at Saints and Helix. Um, my goodness, that seemed like a crazy game. Thank you very much for joining us. Happy halfway mark of the season. A happy halfway mark of the season to you, too. How's it going, man? Man, it is good. So... We were both at that Helix Saints game, but I'm sure that everybody experienced it slightly differently, though. What did you see? Um, I saw uh, Helix do the same thing they did last week against Cathedral, set the tone, uh, get up uh, early. and But um, fortunately, that second half, though, um, seems like the Saints turned on a different gear and almost came back at the end. They had they if they had another possession they probably could have came back and won. It definitely was a close game. Final score forty four thirty eight. The Helix Highlanders go on to win it. A lot of attention has been given to LL Noah, Delshawn Trailer, the whole offensive scheme that they've got going on. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw of Helix's defense, though, because yes, Saints was pushing late in the game it might have there was a, a quarterback change a lot of throwing all of a sudden but the first half it, it, it did get to a point where Saint, or Helix was up three scores and part of that was the defense so talk to me a little bit about what you saw out of the Helix defense uh, the Helix defense was amazing um Jeremy Fletcher he's make uh, he was a defensive lineman last year and he made the transitional linebacker and he has killed in his new position I mean, he set the tone first, picking up the fumble, taking it to the house for a touchdown. And um, he looks out some playmakers. I mean, they, they almost always have playmakers, dating back to the Reggie Bush era and Alex Smith, but a lot of playmakers on that defense. And um, we saw it, especially in the first half. So give me some reaction. Where where does this break down um, on a night where Cathedral Catholic gets a win? And congratulations to Coach Doyle on reaching 200 career wins. How do you how do you walk away from Week Five? Is Helix now definitively number one? Saints two, Cathedral three. Helix one, Cathedral two, Saints three. What's your takeaway from all this? Um, well, definitely Helix is number one, but as far as Saints and Cathedral, I would put them 2A, 2B almost because uh, we'll have to see them play each other to know who is better out that bunch. The only thing they have in common is losing to Helix. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll see. That Holy Bowl is going to be interesting. And um, one of those teams is going to face Helix again. I'm, I'm sure of it sometime in the playoffs. We just don't know which one. Um, exactly. anything final on that game uh, before I bounce a couple scores off you from around the county? Um, all I got to say is Helix should get all the first place votes this week. I don't see any other team getting the first place vote. All right, well, let's go around the county. We got uh, El Camino 32, Torrey Pines 25. Talk to me about that up in the North County. Wow, that, that avocado league is wide open. It is, it is anybody's for the taking. That's all I have to say. That's it. Square. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the Avocado League. LCC and Oceanside go into four overtimes before Oceanside finally gets the win. Is this 
the closest we've seen to Oceanside being really truly like back, like if like the '90s level back uh, in in our in our modern era. Well, they're they're trying to um, recover from losing uh, Coach Carroll. They're trying to uh, find a new identity there, you know, because uh, having a coach like Carroll who's been there for probably thirty something years. I mean, that's a lot of uh, tradition, a lot of um, a lot of familiar familiarity. Uh, I can never pronounce that word, but um, I see that uh, program uh, coming into its own again. I think we're going to see the ocean side that we're familiar with pretty soon. Maybe not this year, but uh, years down the line. All right, well, let's hit you with a couple of uh, – these aren't necessarily going to be scores, scores, but teams that remain undefeated. Scripps Ranch goes to 5-0. and uh, Santana goes to 5-0. and uh, Either of those teams uh, – Castle Park also remains undefeated. Uh, I'm, I'm, everyone's kind of experiencing the scores in real time here with me. Uh, all of those teams remain undefeated. Any of those teams – or which one of those teams surprises you the most between Castle Park – uh, Santana and who was the other one that I said? Um, Scripps Ranch. Yes, yeah, so my new Scripps Ranch and Santana was going to be well improved this year. I didn't think they'd be have a five and zero start, but I I knew I would see a lot of improvement. So my surprise is Castle Park. That's a um, that's a shocker right there. They came out of nowhere and it's just um, they putting themselves on the map. So congratulations to the Trojans. Final score I want to ask you about is Sarah 26, San Diego 7. The Cavers winning streak is snapped by the Conquistadors after they had themselves a bit of a slow start to the season. So this one, to me, strikes me as the upset of the night. Yeah, I was hoping you'd forget about this score, but yes, the <laughs> Cavers win streak is over. Well, then, we, I am then, shocked. then we edit that out, then we just edit it out. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, <laughs> no one cares about that score. No, um, congratulations to Sarah, man. Huge win for them. No one was expecting them to uh, win this game, and they did it in convincing fashion. I mean, forty-one to seven. Good guys. Uh, I'm flabbergasted, man. I don't know what to say. <laughs> but congratulations to the Q Dogs. At SD Football, San Diego Football Network on all the different social media. Raymond bringing all sorts of amazing content. I mean, I'm just looking at the videos you got already up tonight from the Helix and Saints game. Anything you want to uh, send us out with on a closing note as we end week five? Voters. Helix is number one. I don't want to hear no more excuses. Helix is the number one team. Unanimous. That, that's it. I mean, that's a good note to put it on as I uh, fill out my bracket with uh, Hilltop number one. No, I'm just kidding. Um, Raymond Brown at SD Football Network on all the different social medias. Thank you very much for joining us, man. And we will talk to you week six. The second half of the, the, second half of the season is here. My goodness. Um, we, will, we will definitely be checking in with you next week, though, Raymond. Thank you very much. Have a great night. You too, sir. All right, we are now joined by somebody that I'm very, very glad continues to be part of this podcast, Luke Ramirez at Luker Sports on all the social media. He is, I'm going to guess, the youngest person associated with newspaper in the world right now. Um, <laughs> something like that. Luke, thank you very much for joining us. Happy week five. 
How did the halfway mark of the San Diego high school football season treat you? Yeah, you know, it was great. Um, I uh, was down at uh, Montgomery High checking out two 4-0 teams in D3, that being Montgomery and Santana. Uh, expecting a really good ball game. Kind of had a lopsided score at the end, but, uh, you know, it was a lot closer than the score kind of represented there. Well, earlier on in the week, we had Nathan Temple, the quarterback from Santana, on our preview show, and he was talking a bunch about how coming into this game, he was just amazed and excited for both of these squads that this late into the season, there was so much hype and and pomp and circumstance around the game. So was this one team rose and one team folded? Kind of tell us the tale of the tape. Yeah, I mean, um, it was really exciting. I got to talk to to Coach Freddie Dunkel over at Montgomery earlier in the week over the, on the phone. Um, I mean, they are really, really ecstatic with what's going on with the program. It's his second full year. Um, well, I should say it's his first full year. He kind of came on late, didn't have an entire off season to prepare for his first year. Um, but he's kind of got the culture shifted in the direction that he wants there. He's got a ton of support from administration. Um, if you've been down there recently, you know that they've got probably the best facilities in all the South Bay, the new gym, two new weight rooms, tons of equipment. Um, things are really looking up for the Montgomery program. Um, I was excited to see this game and uh, see how they could uh, withstand a, a team like Santana, you know, who's been around uh, since I think the 60s. They were playing 65. I think they were founded uh, looking at Pearlton sports. They go back to 65 um, and, uh, you know, really historic program there. Obviously, a team that's really bad battle-tested um, against an up-and-coming program like Montgomery. It was uh, looking to be a good game, and we had this we had this 14-6 with a minute left in the third quarter, and then Santana started pulling away, forcing Montgomery to go for a couple fourth down plays that didn't really work out. Those turned into four, those turned into touchdowns. Um, that's how we ended up with the lopsided score at the end. But uh, Montgomery is definitely someone to keep an eye on in Division Four. I can definitely you know see these two teams meeting up in the playoffs. Uh, down the line, and uh, it should be it should be interesting how how Montgomery and uh, Santana, for that matter, I mean, how they end up in the mix. Well, I was just going to ask you something along those lines because both of these teams still sit one and two, uh, respectively, in the Division Four rankings at the end of the night, and you know, I think did you see something maybe where? Oh, this was the, because this game went so late, so close. This was really one or two adjustments away that this is now going to be, you know, for the next couple of months, we see these two teams dancing around each other toward an, a, an eventual rematch in the playoffs. Yeah, I absolutely think so. Um, I haven't really had a chance to check out any other D4 teams that are at the top there. Um, but, you know, based on what I saw tonight, Santana is pretty much the total package. Um, they got a great. They got a great, uh, obviously, passing game with Temple and his favorite receivers, Randy Smith. He had three touchdown catches tonight. That was three of fours, three or four of uh, Temple's touchdowns. Um, they got weapons, and then overall, uh, above all else, I think, is their defense. That's kind of, um, you know, not getting as much attention, uh, at least. It seems like uh, I think their last 14 quarters they've played, they've only allowed six points, um, albeit they've had some some kind of easier uh, Metro Metro Conference teams, it was Sweetwater and Mar Vista um, that, you know, usually put up more of a fight. Uh, Santana was able to shut them out two weeks prior to tonight. Um, and then another really strong performance, if not for a 
you know, last second touchdown in the first half for Montgomery, it would have been, it would have been uh, zero points in the last 14 quarters. So, um, you know, Santana looks like they can be the top team throughout the rest of the season uh, in Division Four. And then as for Montgomery, I mean, they got some real playmakers there. And I'd heard about them. I was kind of skeptical. A couple of juniors um, that, you know, round out their offense. It's quarterback Alexander Dixie. He's a junior. And then kind of their all-around guy on both sides of the ball, uh, Jaheim Williams. He just he won a couple of awards on PPR tonight. Um, he's, he's a really violent running back. I mean, he just loves – he looks for contact on the field. I mean, he's not shying away from anything. Uh, you, can, you can see it in his eyes when he, when he takes the ball. Instead of looking for a cut, he looks for somebody to, to put his shoulder pads into. It's, it's really fun to watch him run the ball. Um, he's pretty explosive. Had a couple big runs tonight, but his game is really the ground and pound. I mean, he's going he's gonna to carry it, you know, 25 times a game, and he's just going to make uh, your defense uh, hurt every single time he touches the ball. Um, other than that, another good receiver, Isaiah King. Uh, he's a nice – he's got a nice frame uh, to throw to for Dixie. Um, he – he took a pretty hard hit playing defense as well. Uh, he had to leave the game for concussion-like symptoms, but I checked with the coach afterwards. He said that, you know, he passed all the tests, so he's probably just going to take a take a few days off uh, and be back ready for action next week. Um, but overall, I was pretty impressed with what I saw with Montgomery. I could definitely tell, you know, their 4-0 start wasn't a fluke by any means. Any parting notes on that game before I uh, ask you about a couple other scores in the South Bay? Uh, I would just have to say that you know if I had a if I had a, uh, to you know give a crystal ball like prediction I I can see uh, depending on seeding you know I can see these two teams meeting deep in the D four playoffs and um, it's it'd be in another fun game I mean it was it was definitely a little chippy tonight um, I should should have mentioned Santana he got there at six thirty five tonight only had about twenty minutes to get ready before kickoff uh, they had a really long bus ride traffic down to Calista. Um so that kind of added some chippiness as far as you know what Montgomery was providing for them and their late arrival something about a golf cart or something or other nothing, nothing really no malice or anything but um just kind of an interesting game and I think it gets set up for uh, some down the line to get to the winter here Certainly, you know, might have to check in the record books to see what the shortest amount of time is for warming up before uh, ending up with getting a win later in that game. A couple other sp- uh, scores to bounce off you here. And once again, we're talking to Luke Ramirez of the San Diego Union Tribune at Luke or Sports for all of the great photos and journalistic content. Benita Vista, 56-14 over Patrick Henry. What's going on with Benita Vista this year? Are they the real deal? You know what? It's been a little while since I checked in on uh, Benita and Coach Sam Kirkland. Um, he's another really young coach uh, down in the in the in the Mesa. Uh, they're not in the Metro Mesa. They're in the um, Pacific. No, yeah, Metro Pacific. Pacific, I believe. Have it right uh, here for you. Oh no, Benita is in the Mesa. Benita is in the Mesa. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, another interesting team down there. Um, I mean, I haven't really checked it. I know they're really young. They're kind of in, uh, you know, you know, you don't want to say rebuilding with high school, but, um, you know, as far as experience and at the, at the key positions, they they don't have a ton of it. Um, but I mean, they put up a lot of points tonight and, uh, some I'll definitely have to look into. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's interesting this Mesa league because, you know, obviously East Lake struggled. They're, they're doing a lot worse than they had planned to and how a lot of people thought they would on paper. Um, Otay Ranch, had a big win week one, but they've kind of faltered. They were, 
they were two and two going into this week and they're two and three now. Um, I mean, if, if Bonita can kind of get hot and then you also have Olympian, uh, in the mix as well. I mean, at this point, you know, the Mesa league is absolutely wide open. So, um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that all shakes out. I mean, who knows? Eastlake might kind of just start clicking and play Eastlake football. They, they had a pretty good showing tonight against Cathedral. They put up some points, which was good to see. Um, but uh, overall, I think Benita, Benita definitely should deserve some attention moving forward. Well, another team that you left out of that conversation is Modern Day Catholic. They also got a win tonight against Chula Vista. Um, and, and I bring up Benita and Modern Day just out of, it seems like we're going to get a new league champion in that Metro Mesa League this year that will be a name that we have not etched onto the, the league champs there in a while. Um, another team out of the South Bay that I want to ask you is Castle Park. Give me a little bit of your thoughts on the Trojans 5-0. and Yeah, you know, they're, they're a team. They, they've flew out, flown under the radar as well, kind of like Montgomery. Um, you know, I, I was watching their film on PPR tonight, and, you know, they don't look like the biggest team in the world, but it looks like they got some, some athletes that can move the football around the field. Um, I know Coach Chris Livesay is uh, in his first year there. And, I mean, for a first-year coach to be 5-0 and in any league, in any section, that's pretty impressive. Um, they, uh, you know, they're definitely looking like someone that can take care of that Pacific Conference um, out there as well. Up, up, or, I'm sorry, the Pacific League um, might give Montgomery a little bit of a run, although Montgomery does have a lot of size. Um, I think Castle Park, you know, they, looking at their schedule, it's, it's not the toughest schedule I've ever seen, obviously. Um, but for that, like I said, for them to be 5-0, and any league, any section, with a first-year head coach, um, definitely impressive and, and deserves some merit. Yeah, I agree. Uh, undefeated is undefeated. You, you, you got to get out there and execute and, and complete the passes and show up to the game and everything like that. So I, I won't take undefeated away from anybody, no matter who is on the schedule. Luke Ramirez from the San Diego Union Tribune. Any final notes, comments, reaction from around the county in week five of the San Diego high school football season? Um, I, I, got, I was gonna if I was gonna end it on Castle Park if you didn't ask me. Honestly, they're the they're the lone uh, remaining undefeated team down here in the South Bay. That is the three um, Metro Conference, uh, Metro League, the Metro Pacific, Metro South Bay, and Metro Mesa. Um, definitely someone to keep an eye on. They uh, made a nice little run in their in their uh, CIF playoffs last year. Um, coming back from some games they had a forfeit, they've got the participation up. Um, it's a cool little story down there. I hope I get to check him out here in the in the next couple weeks. You can follow him at Luker Sports on all of the social media. Just in case anybody is curious, Crawford, El Cajon Valley, Southwest San Diego, San Ysidro, and Montgomery—that is what remains on Castle Park's schedule. Make of that winnable, win lossable as you will, but that is what stands between Castle Park and a perfect ten and O season. They're halfway to it. Luke, thank you very much for checking in. Folks, I cannot stress enough. Go check out the amazing photography and other journalistic work that Luke is doing all over social media and with the San Diego Union Tribune. Thank you very much, man, and we will check in with you next week. All right, we are now joined by Chase Carlo. He is one of our insiders across San Diego County. You can find him on all of the social media at Chase Carlo SDSU. Chase, Halfway through the season, how's it going? It's been good. Obviously, when you're undefeated, any team that's undefeated, you have to be excited. But I think Grossmont especially, because we're known for the offense. 
I think everyone around the county, they kind of look at Grossmont as the, off- as the offensive school. And throughout the four games, that's what's been that's what's been the big one is our offense. So it's been very, very good for us. You guys get this one done again in a large margin of victory fashion, 38 nothing over Valley View. Tell us a little bit about who was standing out, what you saw from the game, because we talked to Robert Tucker the third beforehand, and he was really big on both you know the offense and the defense are working well right now. So what did you see in this game? Uh, I would I would definitely agree with them, especially with the shut. Anytime you get a shutout, especially with the with the tempo team on the other side on offense, that's a big that's a big deal for us. So the defense going to shut out great. And it was the for Grossmont, it was the usual suspects. Jamie Odom had a nice game. Robert Tucker had a nice game. Brody Schicker had a nice game. And Chris Albert had a nice game. It's all the it was all the usual guys chipping in. And there was a couple other guys as well. Jamal Nevels came in and carried the ball really well, especially in the second half. And a lot of a lot of receivers got the ball. I think two, four, five or Five different receivers, other than Brody Schicker, caught the ball last night, uh, tonight. So I think spreading the ball around will really help us in the future. All right, so distribution, distribution, distribution. That seems to be a plus for you guys. Walk us through um, where this puts Grossmont in the top ten, in the play. Like You you are specifically a little charged up about looking into the playoffs now. So, so just what's on your mind for San Diego County to, to take a listen? Well, the interesting thing, I think a lot of people, we look at Cal Preps and we see, we kind of see Cathedral on the top and we see a lot of things. But the interesting thing is that it's not going to be the Cal, the Cal Preps straight formula this year. CIS and the advisory committee decided to uh, eliminate the margin of victory from the Cal Preps formula. So that, so that'll make a, a lot of things interesting because if you blow out a team, that's not going to be reflected. So what 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 does that mean though in terms of the how does that affect Grossmont right now because they're the one that's consistently blowing out people in the top ten. Yeah, and I think that's going to hurt us because margin of victory right now has take it's been taken out for at least the playoffs and we've been teams by thirty eight, twenty six. So all, this will really hurt us because all all will go in the playoff formula is just that we beat the team, not that we beat the team by by a big margin. And that'll go for a lot of teams. Saints will be hurt by it. Even Cathedral, who beat uh, La Costa Canyon 42 to 9, it'll hurt them. It'll do. A, it'll be really interesting to see, especially since the the uh, the the, the, ra- the rating system hasn't even come out yet. CIF was supposed to release it week four, and it's it's already been week five, and it's not even out yet. So we're still kind of, I don't, I can't really, other than like Cathedral being a runaway open and a couple other little things, I don't really, we don't really know too much about the playoffs right now. Well, the playoffs are still a half a season away. So uh, we thank you for being the first person to bring us into the drama a, a, a little bit. Any other scores, plays, players, anything from around the county last night that you want to get to before we say goodbye? The four, the four overtime game with Oceanside and LCC that was that was that was insane. Like going in the four overtimes, especially in high school, where like a lot of a lot of little things happen, where like there could be 
like we blocked a uh, blocked extra point, a missed extra point. It's not like college where like everything's like no, it could be fourteen fourteen. Like a lot of things in high school happen. So getting being thirteen thirteen and going four overtime that was that was a crazy game. That game going four overtimes between Oceanside and LCC with Oceanside coming out on top nineteen thirteen might be an instant classic. Uh, we will have other people who were at the game on with us later. Chase Carlo from Grossmont. He's the insider there for everything East County. And just a generally great opinion on uh, the stats and the very analytical side of high school football. Like you heard, he's covering the playoffs. Please go follow, follow at Chase Carlo SDSU on Twitter for more. Hit him up about how you think this might affect the playoff chances. I'm sure that Chase will give you all of the potential information, rankings, and seedings. Chase, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, we'll talk to you in week six. All right, our yeah. next guest is Eric Williams at WBK Sports on Twitter, one of the voices of the North County. Eric, how are you doing? How did uh, four overtimes treat you? Oh, it was wonderful, man. I, it was a great game. Uh, both teams fighting to the end. Uh, I mean, what can you say? Four overtimes speaks for itself. It was a instant classic, as Coach Rodriguez said uh, last night to uh, John Matthew for a Sanity Tribune. So in the end, Oceanside comes out on top, nineteen to thirteen. Kind of walk us through because it's not a ton of scoring overall. Kind of just give us a, a little bit of a game recap, if you could. Um, yeah, you know, um, first of all, I want to give some big time love to Thomas Gutierrez, uh, Tommy G, better known as longtime Oceanside football fan and uh, overall guru of high school football for uh, many years, in fact, decades. Um, he he bugged me all week. You know, I like to I like I pick my games that I go to each week, and he's an Oceanside guy, and uh, he would text me some funny texts like, uh, "Hey, I texted Coach Rodriguez. He wants you to come to the game next week and cover Oceanside LCC," and I and I, I I didn't respond back, and then he texted me a couple of days later, "Hey, uh, can't, it, it's going to be awesome. You're covering the game. Thanks for doing it and stuff like that." So it was. Uh, I want to give a shout out to him um, because he's a he's a producer of uh, of that so to speak. But he he got me out to that game and uh, was super super awesome. Uh, and um, he was right. He was right on. Uh, stepped on the field. The first guy I see um, comes all the way. I'm over at the ten yard line, just kind of taking some notes. And uh, all the way from the fifty yard line, Coach Dave Rodriguez comes over before the game, uh, gives me a big handshake. You know, hey, I haven't seen you. You know, since the uh, summer league and seven on seven, and I, he, we talked, and very nice man who loves his team and loves his program, and has dealt with a lot of criticism out there. Told me the game plan for uh, the Pirates was going to be very physical, and uh, he was hoping his guys getting too didn't get too wrapped up in those different offensive sets that LCC likes to call. Uh, they like to move a lot of guys pre-snap, um, you know. So it was really awesome. And, Coach Rodriguez is a guy that will reach out to the media, and um, I really like him a lot. And uh, he deserved a win last night. Uh, it's a big win for him, and I hope some of the criticism of him die down quickly. Um, I know they had a legend over there in Coach Carroll, but, uh, you know, Coach Rodriguez is a good guy and a good coach. Um, so, you know, I know you asked me a question back to the, uh, you know, give me a, a little recap of the game. Um, you know, LCC was playing without their running back, Aiden Lippert. 
Um, he was out injured, uh, but they did have Ozzy Nicholas back, and he looked great. You know, he's back, you know, recovering from that injury last year. He's going to be a beast to mess with. And uh, the Marshall Euchre to Trevor Gonzalez combo uh, were on point. It's hard to stop that, especially with their size, and they're very tall. Um, you know, Coach Rodriguez is right. Uh, LCC had a lot of trickery, um, a lot of movement. You know, they, they tried to do a couple of reverses, flea flicker. Um, you know, they, they scored a touchdown on the last second of the first quarter that uh, started the, that gave them the lead um, early on in the game. They uh, they sat there and ran the, the clock down to about one second and snapped the ball with about one second on the clock. And Oceanside was kind of caught off guard, and they, they put one in the bank uh, there, which was interesting. Um, but overall, Oceanside defense was uh, phenomenal last night. Uh, I saw maybe seven, eight sacks out of them. Uh, credit to LCC as well. They had five, six sacks. But um, Kiki Lai, that's the name that I want you to remember right now. I don't know. I, I do know you remember, but uh, some of the fans out there, if you remember, offensive lineman uh, Donovan Lai uh, uh, in Oceanside the last couple of years ago. His brother is a beast of a linebacker. He was all over the place last night. Um, you know, four or five sacks, maybe even had a sixth one, and they have to check the stats. Damani Tuua was another linebacker, and uh, big Jalen Ramsey, six foot three, two hundred thirty pound linebacker. Not not the Jacksonville uh, Jaguars Jalen Ramsey that we think of, but uh, Oceanside's got their own linebacker. Uh, so uh, Tuua, Damani Tuua, and Jalen Ramsey both led the team in tackles last night. Jalen Ramsey had a huge sack on fourth down late in the game. Um, the secondary was awesome. Trajan Apodaca was the first team Cal High uh, sports uh, on the all preseason team. Strong safety had a big interception in overtime, and Jackson Moran had a big interception in overtime as well. Both these kids played their hearts out in the secondary. Uh, literally just frustrating. The LCC passing attacks, a lot of tip balls, a lot of blanket type coverage uh, for most of the game. Um, quarterback on Oceanside looked good on offense. Uh, quarterback Jacob Harris, he's the brother of former uh, Helix quarterback Josh Harris, uh, who was now a tight end at UCLA. Uh, Jacob Harris was 24 30, for 36 with 260 yards passing last night, a couple touchdowns. Uh, he's a kid to look out for. Uh, Rich Jaime uh, was a little slot, little guy, little receiver. I uh, was moving the chains a lot for Oceanside, and, and then towards the end of the game, Harris finally started targeting uh, six foot five. Cameron Beecham, uh, Kyron Beecham's brother, Cameron Beecham, uh, late in the game. This kid at 6'5", one-on-one, he's pretty hard to stop, especially on a jump ball. And uh, all the all the wannabe offensive coordinators around the field were, you know, yelling towards the end of the game, you know, get the ball, get the ball to Beecham, get the ball to Beecham, you know, because at 6'5", that's hard to stop. But the star of the game, um, you've heard his name before. You're going to continue to hear it. His name is Tavika Tua. And um, he's on the brink of being uh, arguably Oceanside's best running back of all time. Uh, so far this season, he has 650 yards rushing, eight touchdowns, and a couple receiving touchdowns. Uh, this is a kid who, like um, Fato Noah over there in Helix, uh, started as a freshman. Oceanside brought him up the last four games of his freshman season. Uh, and he rolled 539 yards, six touchdowns, and three playoff games in a regular season game. 
kid was just 14 years old. This is a very, very nice kid on top of it. Um, just a beast of a running back quick, got good movement. Uh, but this is a kid that loves his team. Um, I can vouch. I was next to him uh, filming for a, a majority of the part of the game, and he was rooting on his defense on, on most majority of the game, and especially on the big plays. Uh, he was out there, and, and that's awesome to see when you're when your guys on offense are rooting for the defense. Uh, um, and uh, I, I think it is an amazing amazing trait to have as a player. Um, but yeah, he um, uh, Tavika was awesome last night. Had 121 yards rushing, and then I, uh, if you go ahead and check the video I have, he put it away in overtime. An amazing run, uh, broke left, broke right, uh, came out. Uh, saw that uh, Cameron Beecham had the big block and then just came out and just bowled over the the strong safety Whoa. in there for the win and the the rest was history and uh, quadruple overtime nice 25 yard run but uh, it, it is a huge block Cameron Beecham out there and uh, it's just an awesome 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 game went back and forth uh, shout out to the kicker. Uh, for Oceanside, Giovanni Ariaga, who kicked uh, a couple of field goals and the game time one with 4.15 left in the game. But he also nailed that extra point. And uh, I think it was overtime number two or three, uh, which is huge because if he misses that one, then LCC takes home the win. Uh, and, uh, uh, no, it it was a, it was an amazing ending. Oceanside legend Tofi Pow Pow was the first uh, he's coaching over there. He was the first one to mob Tavika Tua at the end of his game when he touched down. Check out the video. He's the first guy there. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a great coach and great guy. I love the kids over there. And, um, I was in the mob. I felt like a player for a second <laughs> in there holding the camera up there. But overall, just an amazing win for the team. Coach Rodriguez is fired up. Uh, the energy was there. Um, I'm quoting Tommy G when I say uh, Oceanside looks like they're angry they're back they're angry they're playing with anger out there you know it's not the soft ocean side we might have seen in the last three or four years they've, they've got something over there special and they started out 2-0 here in the avocado league they've got a leg up i'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of the, the league uh you know you can check out all his video at wbk sports on twitter we will also retweet it and share it on all of our social media so that you can see this because, yeah, it, anger, passion, whatever it is, it looks like uh, something is flowing strong through Oceanside. You brought up the league context of this kind of at the end there. What does this win mean now for the Avocado League? Is Oceanside in the driver's seat? Like, what, what, give us a little bit of context and fallout from this win. You know, to be honest, you got Carlsbad and Oceanside right now. I saw Carlsbad play last week, and they got it covered on both sides of the ball. Offensively, they look great. They're hitting wide receivers. They're hitting tight ends. Their line is huge, just throwing down guys. Quarterback is nice over there. Defensively, their corners lock it down, and their linebacker uh, core is amazing. Uh, so right now, we're looking at Oceanside and Carlsbad, both at 2-0. Uh, LCC's one and one. El Camino's one and one. Mission Hills zero and one. Torrey Pines zero and one. And uh, a great San Marcos team is down at the bottom at zero and two. And uh, this is a league where you you got to play six opponents. 
It's not a four-team league. It's not a five-team league. This is a seven-team league. And so, to be honest, talk to me in three, four, maybe five weeks. Uh, this, you know, th- all these teams are going to have a lot to say. Mission Hills played San Marcos in the Discovery Bowl. Tori, I believe, got the playoffs to see um, Oceanside and El Camino are going to have to play each other. That's a battle. Uh, Carlsbad's still going to have to play a couple teams. They're not going to run with it. But, yeah, you're right. Oceanside does have a leg up, but so does Carlsbad. And uh, it's theirs to lose. You know, I, I can't wait. You know, somebody's going to win that division probably. Uh, I mean, I want to say four and three, possibly five and two will probably win it. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if this thing just gets mixed up to the point where everybody's four and three, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, three and three, six games, right? I said yeah. seven games. So, so somebody's going to win it at like uh, four and two. Somebody's going to win it, you know, at five. And I don't think anybody's going to run the league. That's for sure. It's going to be a battle. Uh, closing note, give us your thoughts on Sean Doyle winning 200. Congratulations to him. You know, he runs a great program over there, class act. Um, I've met him several times covering a couple games, you know, during the playoffs, and um, he just keeps rolling. Calm, um, methodical, and um, I know some people argue that he gets the best talent over there, but it doesn't matter. When you do get the best talent, you still have to put it put it to work. Um, how many times have we seen teams on paper that are better than anybody in the world, but you still got to put it together. Um, so congratulations to him and congratulations to that program. I know that a tough loss to Helix, um, but I mean, Helix is a beast too. So great job, Coach Doyle, and he'll continue to do good things for the, uh, the San Diego football community out there. At WBK Sports on Twitter, on Instagram, you can find Eric Williams covering all sorts of great things. Eric, thank you very much for joining us. Any parting notes before we say goodbye and then we'll see you next week? Uh, no, that's it. I'm still, my brain's still stuck on last night's four overtime game. I was up till 2 a.m. Uh, just thinking about it. That game was in my dreams. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a beautiful thing covering high school football in San Diego. Shout out to Diego Football. Shout out to EC Preps, SDFNL. Uh, shout out to Bodie and, and John Maffey and, and everybody out there who's covering football every night on Friday nights. Uh, what you're doing out there, I know you're not making any money doing it, and uh, you're working, um, and you're getting these kids out there, and you're doing it for fun, and um, everybody, you guys are all doing a great job, and uh, I'm proud to be part of it. Well, thank you very much. At WBK Sports, you can find Eric and all of the clips. We'll be sharing some of them, but please go follow him and check out for more in-depth. He's always in the right spot at the right time. Eric Williams, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you next week. We are now joined by Meech. At 619 Meech on all the social media. He's the team writer for Team Mikasi. And he's got his own little HQ set up every Friday night where he is watching over the games, the scores, the results, all the ballers in San Diego County. Meech, thank you very much for joining us. How did week five of the season treat you? Uh, It was not too surprising. Everybody had their thoughts about the big game. But um, I enjoyed it. Can't wait for next week. So what were a couple of games that you were checking in on? What did you have your – were you watching one closer than any of the others last night? I was watching the Helix game, a Helix game like everybody else. And I took a little notice to the Montgomery-Santana, the San Diego and Sarah. Uh, surprising results in those two games. 
but yeah, and then I just score watched everything else. So let's start with the Helix game. What stood out to you in this? I mean, it it was an all out battle royale between Helix and St. Augustine, 44 38 being the final score with Helix winning it. What was one or two or just your general takeaway from that game? My general takeaway from that game is Helix has to finish off their team. Uh, it's going to be dangerous for them moving forward, uh, especially in this open division. You have to put guys away. They get up quick, they get up big, but they fail to put them away. You know, um, and I think it's uh, everybody's uh, the culprit, the players as well as the coaches. I mean, the coaches took some of their good guys out and, or their starters out, and Saints made a rally. They made it a game at the end. Um, so Helix has to do a better job of closing guys out, taking every down serious, taking every quarter serious. I don't care if you're up by 50. You you got to continue to pound that rock with special guys and, and just put guys away. So let me oh, – got my audio coming up in the background as I'm surfing through all these uh, scores. Let me ask you about this. Um, Morse ends up having a crazy game against Hilltop. They come out on top by a touchdown uh, to bounce back from a loss for them and hand a red hot hill team, a red hot Hilltop team, their first loss of the season. What were your, your takeaway from that game? Uh, it wasn't surprising to me. I, I just, I am a believer of the storyline and the storyline says when Morris and Hilltop meet, Morris is going to come out. Now, Hilltop made it a game, uh, which was interesting, but it just doesn't surprise me uh, that Morris is going to take that, you know. Um, Morris does have a lot of work to do. Uh, they run that wishbone, uh, wing key offense real well, but they got to clean up a lot of things and, uh, you know, just put keep their foot on next of their opponents, you know. I think Hilltop should, should not be in a game against Morris. And you can see it in Coach uh, McNair's face when he said, you know, everybody got to run, you know. It was an ugly win. And I agree. They should not have a team like Hilltop, no matter how hot Hilltop is, uh, you know, keeping the game that close. And that's just my, my opinion. A couple of coaches hit some milestones last night with Sean Doyle at Cathedral Catholic winning his 200th game and Coach Thad McNeil at Carlsbad winning his 100th game. Uh, anything you want to uh, shout out to the coaches? Uh, this is your chance uh, to to address either of them or just kind of the historical significance of what we're seeing here up in the North County. Well, hats off to both of those coaches. I mean, anytime you can hit milestones of hundreds and two hundreds and victories, it is a blessing. I mean, you definitely work for it, especially with you know it being in the San Diego football section. You know where you don't get many opportunities to have. I mean, you got to work with what you got. Every year, it seems like we have uh, a, a different competitor, a different top team, uh, different star athletes on different squads. And to reach 200 and then 100, especially in that avocado and Western League, uh, that's saying something. So hats off to those coaches. Let's see how far they can take it. You know, Doyle wins 200. Let's see how far he can take it. Same, same for the calls back, Coach. You got 200. Can you get to 200 like Doyle? Let's see. 
You can follow him at Meech619 on social media. He's the team writer for Team Mikasi, bringing you all sorts of great things. So, Meech, we hit the halfway point of the season. Um, glad you're still with us. Glad you're surviving through all the ups and downs of all this drama. <laughs> Any closing notes on, on week five, where teams are standing, anything you want to say before we get out of here? I want to say I spoke with you a couple weeks ago, and I said that there's going to be a helix. And I still stand by it. But the cool thing is we may we can potentially get a Saints rematch versus Helix and Cathedral rematch. It depends what happens in that Cathedral Saints game uh, coming up. But we can potentially see both rematches, uh, at least from the Helix side of the ball or the Cathedral side of the ball. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. I love that top teams are playing early in the and 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 just going after it. So I'm excited about that. And I also just want to continue to give a shout-out to our team Makasi guys, especially our Makasi guys on Helix. I mean, we have Tim Christopher, Jaden Brown, Cameron Brown, Jeremiah Fletcher. We have so many guys on that Helix team, and they all balled out. Hats to them. Nobody in the city had those guys number one team in the county uh, before the season started. I mean, everybody was on the Cathedral train and the Saints train. Um, and look at look at how it's playing out. So hats off to all the Makati guys and the Helix uh, program. You, they're, they're doing awesome, awesome. At Meech619 on all the social media, at Team Makasi to see a little bit more, or a lot more, uh, from all of those amazing athletes that you guys mentioned and everyone else that you bring to San Diego. Meech, thank you very much for joining us, and we will talk to you again next week. Hey, I appreciate it, Christian.